0: Welcome in to another episode of Ballboy Talk. I'm your host Jay and today I'm going to be talking about the World Baseball Classic and just my reaction to the Pool A and the Pool B play that we saw so far and the somewhat interesting play of the Pool C and D play. So I hope you're excited. I'm excited. The World Baseball Classic is truly amazing because it's it shows how alive baseball is on a worldwide stage. You know, in the games in Miami, those stadiums are rocking. They are the stadium is packed. Lone Depot Park is packed full. Chase Stadium Arizona packed full. Over forty thousand people attended the game on three eleven and then forty eight thousand people attended the game on three twelve. Like insane amount of people, tourism. Everything going to these areas, and it's it's so great for baseball to see how it's not dead. You see co- different countries being represented within the stadiums at these games, like in uh, Tokyo and over in Pool A and B, you see the Netherlands, Panama, Chinese Taipei, Cuba, Italy, these teams being well represented in this foreign country. Same in Pool B, Japan, Australia, the Czech Republic, Korea, and China also – being well represented in their respective pool play as well. So it's super cool to see. I am such a big fan of the World Baseball Classic. Because you get to see just amazing things. You see upsets. It doesn't go as planned because that's baseball. And you see the team who truly wants it the most gets it. And it's, it's awesome to see. It's really cool. Um, you know, I'm such a big fan. Um, we came off. Pool B closing out last night with Korea dominating China, 22 to two. This is the Korea that was expected to come in and just absolutely dominate Pool B next to Japan. However, they struggled, they sputtered, and they ended up two and two and eliminated from the quarterfinals. But they put up 22 runs in their last game, and they gave it their all when it really Didn't matter, but mattered enough to them so that they weren't eliminated. Also, it's also great in Pool B since we're here. The Czech Republic is also automatically requalified for the 2026 World Baseball Classic. And I absolutely love the Czech Republic, much like you probably do because of just these stories. It's just a bunch of regular guys working their blue-collar jobs or their white-collar jobs or whatever. Teachers, firefighters, mill workers, just a bunch of random dudes using their time off from work to represent their country on the biggest stage. You know, their starting pitcher converted shortstop their biggest games that they needed him to play to get to this point. He pitched for him. He's a converted shortstop, it's not a pitcher first. He was their shortstop in the last world baseball classic. Now he's their best starting pitcher uh, Schneider, the whole Czech Republic team full of guys who are going to college or committed to college or, in university, they're working a regular job, just a regular guy, and they are playing their absolute hearts out. They left it all on the field, and that was such an amazing story to watch the Czech Republic just unfold and go two and two in pool B play, which was ended up being a really tough pool to, to play in. Um, obviously, in pool B, Japan went four and zero, Australia went three and one, and both those teams advanced to the quarterfinals which start on the 16th in uh, the Tokyo Dome. Japan will play Italy, who advances from Pool A, and then Australia will advance, will play Cuba, who also advanced from Pool A. Coming out of this, if you didn't know how the World Baseball Classic is structured, each pool, there's four pools, A, B, C, D, each have five teams in them. The top two teams from each go to the quarterfinals. The third and fourth place teams re-qualify for next year's, along with the first and second seed. So the top four teams all re for the next World Baseball Classic in 2026, which then means that Chinese Taipei is will have to re-qualify. And then China, the CBL team from the Chinese Baseball League, which is huge and produces some very quality products. But these both of these teams were so young. A lot of these guys were in their early 20s. And you could see it. I mean, they both lost. They both got smoked in their in pool b and they're both gonna have to re-qualify for the next world baseball classic so i think it's really cool and the netherlands team they were a lot of fun to watch netherlands probably have one of my top uh like three hats uh, i actually ordered one so i'm really excited for the kingdom of the netherlands hat to come in and then panama as well had a very solid team just not enough to to remain in it to go further but cuban italy italy looks great. They look like a team. They're having so much fun. Their celebrations are fun. Uh, Cuba as well looks really good, a very well-rounded team. Japan has Shohei Otani, the best player in the freaking world. So, you know, <laughs> jury's out there. Uh, Japan will probably run uh, the quarterfinals, which is really interesting because um, Phil Nevin, the Angels one-year manager, uh, last year's interim manager, said that he's not pitching beyond the quarterfinals. And he's going to be back with this team on the 24th, making a start with the uh, Angels. I feel like Otani making $30 million a year. He's the best player on his team. He's the best player in the world, on a worldwide stage. He's the first player in the MLB to have like 2 million followers, I think now, which is crazy that it Shohei Otani and not Mike Trout. But Mike Trout also opted to not be marketed. He didn't want to be marketed. The Angels did an awful job of marketing him, and they should be super ashamed for the job they did, because Mike Trout is all-world talent, and they blew it on marketing him. Mookie Betts, on the other hand, playing in LA for the Dodgers, markets himself. He shows up playing basketball, bowling, darts, freaking um, cornhole. He plays all these other sports and shows up all around the world and all around the Different sports, ESPN. So, it's Mookie Betts is everywhere. So, Mookie Betts, highly marketable, also a world class athlete. But Mike Trout, you know, the Angels failed him when it came to marketing. He also failed himself, but he's also world class talent. And he's finally being marketed by the Team USA in the World Baseball Classic as Captain America, which is great. It's about damn time, but we're a little late. But Shohei, well deserved, you know, the recognition on the worldwide stage. He is the best player in the world. He's going to get paid like it this offseason or during the season when he gets traded. And the Angels are like, well, we're not that great. Our pitching still kind of sucks. Our offense is still pretty mid. And the Mariners, Astros are better. The Rangers are pretty even with us. And the A's are the A's. So we're a third, fourth place team in this division for the foreseeable future. Otani's not resigning here. I mean, he said in 2022, I just want to win. And that led to so much speculation that he wasn't, that he he wanted to trade. He hasn't forced his way out, which I'm kind of surprised about. But with his culture, he's very loyal. He's a class act. He's a classy player. He's probably not going to create those kind of headlines up front. And he's going to keep a lot of those things closed door between between his agent and the team. If they get leaked, they get leaked. He'll probably be frustrated about it. But he's probably even more frustrated that he keeps playing on a losing team next to another generational talent. So that's my take. Angels, y'all suck at marketing your players. Do better. And please let Zach Neto play in AA for a little bit this year before calling him up. It's a little bit too soon. Let him get a little bit more polishing down in AA. Unless an injury forces your hand, try to wait till September to get him a call up. Zach Neto is legit. He's going to be great when he gets there for the Angels. And then Kyron Paris as well. Let him develop down in AA. Uh, Let Jordan Adams develop in AAA this season, and you should see some solid results. That's coming from me. I'm a beat writer for the Tri-City Dust Devils, a high-A affiliate of the Los Angeles Angels. So I've seen Jordan Adams, Zach Neto, Kyron Paris. I've seen these guys play in person. Paris, I'm so glad he's going to get moved to second or third. I think that's a much better fit for him, Um, especially with the Angels, with Rendon always being injured, never on the field. Uh, I think Paris has a clear shot to move into second base, and him and Neto, man in the middle, and Jordan Adams can definitely patrol a corner outfield spot with above-average defense and be really good. But enough about the Angels. Uh, pool A, like I said, Netherlands, Panama, they're in it for the next World Baseball Classic in 2026. While Cuba and Italy, Japan, Australia, all advance to the quarterfinals. Let's jump over to Pool C, where Great Britain, <laughs> I don't even know what to say about Great Britain. Their jerseys are horrendous. Their celebrations are awesome. Um, they are such a young team. I mean, they're being led by Mariner's top prospect, Harry Ford, and Angel's uh, top seven prospect, I want to say, Sean Knowles, uh, who's also very talented but needs more grooming um, as well. I mean, he was signed out at, at 16 out of the Bahamas, so he still has – Plenty of time to figure it out, put it together. Very talented kid, uh, plays a very good outfield, uh, hyper-athletic, just awesome. But um, Great Britain, not roasted for their jerseys. Their jerseys are horrendous. They're often looked at. Granted, the USAs aren't much better, but there's at least more effort into them other than just saying Great Britain in really small font across the front. So that's pretty pathetic. Great Britain's been outmatched, outplayed. They got bested by the USA. They got whomped by Canada. They got mercy ruled in that game. And so I can likely say that they're going to be out and probably finish in fifth place in their pool. Um, I I can say that pretty much with confidence. And then Nicaragua as well. They're also 0-2 in pool D. And I don't... See them advancing or coming back. They could. It's still early, but I mean, a team like Venezuela, who has beat the Dominican Republic and Puerto Rico, who were supposed to be the best two teams in Pool D, have struggled to play against Venezuela. Looking in Pool C as well, Mexico looks legit. Joey Menezes, uh, last night in the game on 312. I'm um, going to release this podcast today, 313. But Joey Manessis looked fantastic. He led Mexico, paced them with two home runs, five RBIs, and got MVP chance. Mexico also, this is the difference. This is where the USA is struggling and need to get it together quick, is they need to play as a freaking team. They are so freaking talented. They have a wealth of talent, much like the Dominican Republic. But where they are getting beat is they're, they know they're great, but... That greatness and all that talent is too much talent to the point where they're not in the game. They're like, oh yeah, we can we can win this. It's no big deal. But it's a kind of a big deal because you're losing and you're getting out energy. Last night there was a picture, a tweet that I saw in Mexico, their whole team pops up at the dugout, involved, ready, celebrating, high energy. US, they're sitting. No one really on the top step of the dugout. Kind of meh. Very low energy. That's why they lost. That's why they got crushed. And they need to get the energy up. Mike Trout needs to energy it up. They did a great job at recruiting for this team offensively. Pitching, unfortunately, didn't pan out to where Kershaw and DeGrom and Verlander and Schertzer and um, Burns. None of these guys ended up playing for Team USA which is interesting, but that's another topic because I need to figure out why. Kershaw obviously dropped out. He was replaced by Nick Martinez and the Padres, but, I mean, a lot of it's not up to the players. A lot of it's up to the teams. I mean, you have Scherzer and Verlander uh, playing for the Mets, both making nearly $40 million a year. The Mets don't want to risk that at all. I mean, and they're old. They're both 39 or 38 and 40, Respectively, Scherzer's 38, and Verlander's 40. I mean, Wainwright's 40, but he's playing for Team USA. But it's just a different thing. DeGrom is, I think he was already hurt and struggling through injuries, so the Rangers probably don't want to risk a big investment on him. So as also as part of the team, given the okay, like the Mariners didn't give the okay for Luis Castillo to go and play for the Dominican Republic while they let Julio and... Uh, Teoscar Hernandez go and play and go and let Eugenio Suarez play for Venezuela, Matt Brash play for Canada, Matt Festa play for, um, I think he's playing for, I don't remember who he's playing for, but they're letting these guys go and play for these teams. But again, it's a team decision. It depends on the team to work it out with the players and for the team to be okay saying, yeah, you know what, you can go and play for them. We're okay with you playing but we're not okay with you playing because you are more important to this team injury-wise. If you get hurt, you're more irreplaceable. Slightly less likely that Julio Orteo gets seriously hurt, but an injury to a pitcher this early, pushing him in that high leverage situation can mean just all sorts of headaches. Um, the pitchers did get an early report date for spring training as well. If you missed that, they got to report, I think a couple days earlier with pitchers and catchers because they were pitching the World Baseball Classic, so they got to ramp up their activity a little bit earlier, which you can tell some of these guys did. Like Pablo Lopez looked great. Stroman looked good. um, Alcantara looked good. But when these guys are going through that second time in the lineup, everyone kind of gets going. That's when you see the starting pitchers start to get knocked out, the fourth inning, third, fourth inning, fifth inning, um, in this early play. So uh, Pool C&D have their third game today, their last game's tomorrow, so it'll be... Super fun to watch. Um, I am definitely in on Venezuela, and I am hoping that the USA figures it out and can win their last two games. So that's where we are there. Uh, and then baseball's not dead. Like I was saying earlier, it's going to be a really short podcast, probably about 20, 25 minutes, but um, baseball's not dead. I mean, 40,000 people attended the game on 3 48,000 people attended the game on three twelve. Yes, it sucks because Chase Field was only expecting about 20,000 for both these games, about half those crowds, if not less. So the concession lines I've seen were awful. The merchandise lines were awful. Merchandise out of the stocks were awful. It was awful at park, awful getting to the stadium. I mean, Phoenix, that area has been busy. They hosted the Super Bowl. They hosted now the World Baseball Classic. Granted, these things are fun for the people that attend. It's not fun for the city, but it's it's good for baseball. It's good for the sport. It shows that baseball is alive on a worldwide stage. And I, again, another nod to the Czech Republic. They just inspired a nation of youth to go and play baseball while they're out doing their nine to fives. They become heroes in their community. They become heroes in their nation. And they showed that if you love it, continue loving it and play your heart out when you, when you get there. Cause you never know. And, The Czech Republic is just an amazing example. Team Australia, uh, full of, you know, veteran guys, minor leaguers, um, like Robin Glenn Denning, second baseman extraordinaire for Team Australia. He's in double-A with the Royals. I don't think that's going to last much longer after his performance on this national stage. And Glenn Denning should be way bumped up the depth chart for the Royals now to the point where he should be in triple-A, if not on the bench um, for the Royals this season which would be amazing. So, you know, that's something I believed in all along, that a lot of these teams with players who were unsigned or players who were fringe uh, MLBers or not signed at all or previous MLBers have a chance to really go and show out and make their way back to professional baseball. Um, I really hope for guys from Australia and the Czech Republic, Netherlands, Panama, uh, even Italy, Cuba, Granted, Japan has its own process. Korea has its own process. China has its own process. They have to be posted. But from these other European teams, uh, South American teams, uh, Central American teams, I really hope that the MLB scouts took a really good look at the Netherlands, the Panama teams, the Czech Republic team. And we're like, hey, we could actually use this guy in our system and on our team, in our organization, in our bullpen, wherever it might be, and get these guys into professional baseball and just change your lives because it really would change your lives and help. And the MLB also pushes the agenda here in these countries, like the Netherlands, Panama, Czech Republic, to go in, and Italy, Cuba, you know, go in, maybe not Cuba because Cuba has its own set of rules, but Italy, Netherlands, Panama, Czech Republic, go in and Great Britain even as well and take advantage of the opportunity to be on the world stage in front of the world and push baseball at an international level, develop the game internationally, because right now it's it's hot, it's ripe, it's ready. Go and attack it, MLB, please. I will go and do it for you. I promise. I will go and advocate for baseball in all these countries. Hire me. I will go and advocate in all these countries for Major League Baseball, because it deserves to be seen on a world stage. Kids in all these countries deserve Quality baseball and the baseball obviously, the sport isn't dead. That's the whole point here. Sports not dead around the world. As you see, t- people showing up, coming out everywhere to support their country, support their team, support their players. It's not dead. MLB capitalized, capitalized. The NBA has capitalized on a worldwide stage. The NFL is trying or struggling. You have it right here in the World Baseball Classic. Go and capture it. Capture this momentum and run with it. Please run with it. Please. Okay. Woo. All right. <clears throat> See, that's when we get a little hot on the show. We get a little unhinged there. Because um, that's my take. That's my opinion. That's what the show is about. It's about making those, those takes. Making them hot. Making them hot. All right. Last thing I want to talk about, and this had me up in arms, just like it did most of the internet, like it probably did you. We all probably seen that viral strikeout up on Twitter by now. Can't remember the school, but the college ump had some kind of vendetta. He was running the ump show, and it was ridiculous. He called a strike on a pitch way low, 0-2 count, game on the line. And the thing about this that's so important is that, yes, it's a regular season game, but it's D1 college baseball. So it's the highest level in college sports that these kids are going to get. And remember, they're kids. They're 18, 19, 20, 21 years old, 22. And this might be as far as they go with baseball. Ideally, these are D1 guys. They should get further looks. But the way the ump handled this situation was immature, petty, and ridiculous. It was seriously fucked up. I know I don't cuss a lot on the show, but that was fucked up because he could have just ruined that one player's career. Granted, he's now been suspended. He's being investigated. It was awful. Hopefully, he had something on that game. He was betting, and he just is run out of baseball forever because that ump deserves it. But he called a ball really low, Batter's visibly upset, and then the next pitch way outside rings him up. On a clear outside-the-zone outside the call, umpires, if there's any umpires listening to the show, do fucking better. Please, for the love of everything good in the universe, do fucking better. It's not your show. It's not about you. You are there to be unbiased. You call balls. You call strikes. That's it. You call outs, you call safes, you call what you are trained to call. You, That umpire knew both those were balls. Maybe the first one was kind of close. The catcher did a meh job at framing it. But it, it could have been close, you know, from his perspective. But the second one, the strikeout, absolute bullshit. Absolute bullshit. And never should an umpire have that much control over the game to the point where it's determining the outcome the output because that one game could cost that team the tournament could cost that team a trip down the line somewhere to where the other team has a free win and if they make it further it all could come back to that one game asterisk not going to mean as much to that team granted these teams are good if they get further they get further that's based on talent and i hope that college that had to deal with this i wish i remember who it was i could probably look it up but uh, for the sake of time, I won't, but it was horrendous. It was awful. Awful. So any umpires out there, if you know an umpire, tell them to do better. Tell them to be fair, unbiased. Take their personal feelings out of it. Check him at the gate. Leave them in the dugout. Leave them in their car. I don't give a fuck. Leave them somewhere. But do not take it on the field and affect these players and their futures. Absolutely not. That is not your job. That is not why you're there. Hence why the MLB is moving to robo-umps, robot umpires, automated balls and strikes, thanks to Joe West. Fuck Joe West. But um, anyways, that's my take on that situation, the World Baseball Classic and the state of baseball. Um, if you want more show, we're going to be back later this week talking more uh, NFL, NBA, we had to break down the NBA MVP race. That one should be really fun. Um, and, yeah, thanks for listening. Uh, make sure you share, 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 share with a friend, with a colleague, with someone else that loves baseball, the World Baseball Classic, or loves sports. Uh, we do this Ball Boy Talk as we want. It's a free-flowing podcast. It's unhinged. It's ad-free. And hopefully it's short, sweet, and to the point, and you like our takes. And you laugh, you cry, and you maybe agree, smile, and nod. But regardless, wherever you are, whatever you're doing today, thanks for listening. Thanks for sharing with a friend. We hope you have a wonderful day. Stay safe. God bless you.